Has he been good to you? Just for a moment, let's lift our hands and let's just love him. Can we do that? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I see some blessed people here tonight. And if it was not for God, I'm talking about myself as well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here tonight, but he saved me. Oh, God, touch us tonight, Lord. Touch us tonight, God. God, don't ever let us forget. Don't ever let us forget. It's always an honor to be able to stand behind the pulpit and minister in whatever office that I'm under at that present time, whether it's an office of a teacher, a pastor, an evangelist, it's always an honor to preach his gospel. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I have been privileged to be able to preach in so many different settings. I've preached in fields before. I've preached in streets, the streets of India. I'll never forget that experience preaching in India. They had a big speaker set up and we just set it up, pulled over and set up the speaker and there was nobody there. And I looked at the guy and I said, what do I do? And he said, if you'll start preaching, they'll come. And I'll never forgot that. So I just started preaching. And you couldn't preach there the way you preach here. You, you couldn't just reference, if I reference Paul, you know who I'm talking about. If I reference Paul there, they don't know who I'm talking about. So it was, it, it was, it was the gospel in its most simplistic form. And it was life changing. It was life changing. And tonight, I want to, to come to you. I'm going to do this over the next couple Wednesday nights, maybe this Wednesday night, next Wednesday night. I want to come to you in a very simple manner. I'm not coming to you to try to break down any revelation or bring out something you never thought of or take an old Sunday school story and, and twist it. But I'm, I want to come to you tonight and preach what I feel like is the gospel message. I, I'll, let me say that. I want to teach. Because we live in a day where everyone is saved. You cannot, you can't, I mean, it's, as a preacher, you can't find, I, I, I fly on airplanes and I stop at gas stations and I'll, I'll strike up conversations and they'll ask me uh, what, I, what I am or what I do and I'll say I'm an evangelist and they'll quickly put on the, the, the Christian facade, you know, and they'll say, oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saved. I'm saved. And you can look with some of the things that they're holding, some of the things that maybe they're intoxicated by, all the things that you just, you just know that God is not leading that vessel. Because if God was leading that vessel, they would not be bound with such sin. And so... I want to come to you tonight. I don't, I'm not going to bring a scripture text, but I want to come to you tonight. I believe very passionately that if we do not get the doctrine in us, if we do not get the Word of God in us, then we won't be here. And sometimes we come to this pulpit and we preach 
And we have gotten so caught up with a conference setting and a camp meeting setting that we rarely, myself included, include the gospel message. We preach on hurt. No doubt that 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 brings people to the altar. We preach on the grace of God. No doubt that brings people to the altar. And that's part of it. But I think that if we're going to be the church that God called us to be, we have got to be able to defend the word of the Lord. We have got to know what we believe. Because but Danny Keeman, if, if, if we just keep on the way we're going, I know you know it. We got to make sure Bryson knows it. I know I know it, but I got to make sure Brantley knows it. I got to make sure Remy knows it. I got to make sure Lexi knows it. I got to make sure the Lester boys know it. I got to make sure the Bateman boys know it. We, we've got to make sure that we know this word. So saying that, I want us to pray. I'm going to let you be seated. If you want to take notes, please take notes. But I'm asking you. I want you. I want you to know something. I can. See, I don't know if you. I don't know if you know this. I can see you. So I. I know when you're not listening. Brother Steve Gordon, did you know I can see you from right here? <laughs> I can see. I want you. To pay attention to the Word of God because we'll binge watch a, a, a Netflix sh- series for hours. And we'll sit down for, for, for a whole afternoon and we'll watch a show. But man, a preacher preached 45 minutes and that, I mean, you better get it here in five. Because if it ain't got you in five, I can see you, Sister Amy, I can see you. Are you on the back row? I, I can see you, I can see you. In the balcony, ain't nobody in the balcony tonight. I can see you. So let's pray. Because I think, I, yeah, I, I can see you texting. I can see you talking. You're, you're, I, I, I'm guilty too. I'm guilty too. You've seen me. I'm guilty. I'm talking, preaching to myself. Let's pray. That's how important I think this is tonight. Let's pray and let's be seated. Lord, I love you tonight. God, I thank you. Lord, I'm asking you to minister in this place. God, I'm asking you to touch each and every person. God, you said your word would not return void. God, Lord, I'm asking you, I'm preaching on the message, God, that you came up with. Lord, the the product, God, that you came, the plan that you, your book, God, your word, your diary, Lord, God, that you, you came up with, Lord, and I'm asking you right now to help me, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. What must I do to be saved? That's the question. And it's a question that brings much controversy and much confusion. It's a question that continues to be discussed from one religion to another. And at times, it puts the closest of friends, even family, on opposite sides of the issue. How many has ever been in one of those situations? Oh man, is it not awkward? Roy, it's awkward, isn't it? What must I do to be saved? It's caused so much havoc in families. It's called, it's taken Christmas dinner and, and, and one person walk out 
It's taken birthday parties and, and the little five-year-old girl that had nothing to do with what was going on, she had to suffer because two people could not figure out and understand what they must do to be saved or maybe they did, they thought. It is a, a conflict within the world that we live in. Each religion feels certain that its interpretation of Scripture is the correct one and understand, understandably stands ready to defend that position. It don't matter where you can go to the Baptist. And if it's a devout Baptist, they're going to fight for what they believe in. They're going to tell you. If it's a Pentecostal, oh man, some of us, I'm telling you, you come to us and, and we'll, we'll get some fighting man red in their face and, and we're red, we're going to tell you what we think the Word of God is. You go to a devout Catholic, you go to a, a, a Church of Christ, it doesn't matter where, it, all of us have different, different stances, but we're ready to fight and defend our position. Can I get an amen on that? All of us. Some of us came from different backgrounds. Some of you came from the Baptist. I'm just, I'm going to be raw tonight. I'm going to be open tonight. Some of us came from the Baptist realm. Some of us were born and raised in the apostolic church. Some of us came from the church of Christ uh, arena. Some of us came from the Catholic background. We, from all different sorts, all different kinds. And what is amazing is how the answer to this all important question differs from one religion to the next. In each religion, we can find highly educated, sincere, intelligent people who use the exact same book and many times some of the very same scriptures and yet we derive completely different answers to a question we cannot afford to get wrong. You can find it. We got scholars in the Pentecostal realm. We got scholars in the Baptist church. There's scholars in the Church of Christ church. There's scholars in the, in the Catholic church. They all are set there. According to the estimation of the organization, I want you to listen to this, of the Organization for Religious Tolerance, there are 34,000 plus Christian religions that exist worldwide. Now let that sink in real quick. We thought it was four. There's a Pentecost, there's a Baptist, there's the Methodist, and there's a Church of Christ. That's about what you think if you, if you live in North Mississippi. There's 34,000 different ways, different plans that are set before us. Obviously, with so many Christian religions, the interpretations and opinions as to what it takes to be saved are many. What is important to understand is that we did not start out with 34,000 different plans or religions, nor did we start with numerous plans for salvation from which one could pick and choose. Can I get an amen for that? He said there's one faith, one, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. How many would say, well, there's 34,000 ways? Well, I'll tell you what, your odds just went way up to making it to heaven. If that's the truth. But there's nowhere in the Bible that says there's 34,000 ways. Pick one and you'll probably be good. That's not the case. 34,000. I remember a game 
that my mother introduced to us several years ago called gossip. You remember gossip? And you had it. That's the first time I'd ever heard of it. I think it was at our old house uh, under the, the, the first time I ever was under the carport there. And uh, they were, we, we would, we, she set us up in, 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 in the circle there. And we, one would speak into the ear with the original message. And they would go all the way around the circle. And we did that several times. And almost always, when you got to the last person, the, 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 the original message was completely messed up. Completely messed up. By the time it got back to the leader, typically, it was nowhere close to the original message. It's the same with religion. Now I need you to be, I need you to be open-minded tonight. I don't care if you're Pentecostal. I don't care if you're Baptist. I don't care, I don't care that my dad is, is, is apostolic. He wasn't raised in church necessarily, but he's apostolic. I need you to be open-minded tonight. Cause when, when I got in church, like, I, I, I wanted to make sure that I had the right thing. And when I became a preacher, I didn't want to be some preacher hanging on the coattail of my daddy and just living, living life through him. Because I knew that I would only last for a season and I wouldn't stay. When I got in church, Brother Tommy Wilbanks, I wanted to search the word out, word out for myself. To seek out my own salvation. I wanted to know what it said. And so, th this is the same with religion. The, 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 the game gossip. And after over 2,000 years of religion's interpretation, it is no wonder that we've gotten so far away from the original message. 34,000 different ways. Today, many religions and interpretations exist, but there's only one original church and one original message. Fortunately for us, we have the opportunity to verify our beliefs with the Word of God and to confirm that they line up with the original pattern. These reasons are the reasons we have arrived at the point where we have so many different interpretations of salvation is because man has changed the original gospel message for whatever reason. Some with good intentions, maybe with, with not realizing, maybe they thought if they could reach this, they could get there. Some with, with evil intentions and, and, and thought they could build their own kingdom. And so if we change the message, then it would be able to include more people. And, and so whatever, nevertheless, there are people and things over the course of time in history that has got us to 2017. And here we are with 35 4,000 different plans to go by. This really shouldn't come as a surprise since there were attempts made to pervert the gospel recorded in the New Testament. If you have your Bibles, you can go to the book of the Galatians or you can mark it. I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but chapter 1, verse 6 and 9, Paul was amazed. It's just, we're just right out of the book of Acts. And there Paul was amazed that some members of the Galatians church were already changing the original message. And so it prompted Paul. He said, good gracious, already? They're, they're perverting the gospel? They're changing the gospel? They're pulling in and pulling and adding and, and taking away and Paul makes it very clear when he says that even if an angel comes preaching any other gospel let that angel be accursed he said the plan's been set 
Everything's been, it, it has been secured. He said, if there's a man or even an angel that comes preaching another gospel than what has already been set forth, he said, let them be accursed. He makes it very clear that no man or angel has the authority or the power to change what was already established. So if there is only one correct gospel message and even an angel cannot change, how does one possibly filter through the numerous religious theories to find what the word truly requires? I was talking to uh, Josh and Kayla. I was giving them a Bible study before church. And I told them, I basically said it. I said, man, to live in the new millennium uh, and, and, and try to serve. If I'm a sinner and I'm trying to find what I need, used to it was probably a little easier. Because there wasn't so many different interpretations. That was the word of the Lord. And people would live by the word of the Lord. But now, but through time, now you have to filter through everything and everyone and every family member and every church on every corner and every one of them, even the Pentecostal church, I ain't taking us out, every one of us have our own ideas. You can set five different Pentecostal churches down and you can, uh, every, nowadays all of them have different routes and different avenues and different uh, roads that they're taking. When each religion can make a convincing argument, and it's convincing, isn't it? Especially if you're not rooted and grounded in the Word of God. You can sit down with one of the scholars that I talked about in any religion, and they can convince you. A very convincing argument based upon selected scriptures. How does one who is simply looking for truth possibly filter through all the noise and all the confusion that's going on? All you college students, don't you raise your hand right now. I know. It wasn't very long ago that I was at Northeast and I was sitting there and there was a professor and he began to tell us all the different religions. He began to go through Hinduism. He began to go through Buddhism. He began to go through Christianity. And basically at the end of the, of the, uh, of the, of the, uh, whatever it was, the lesson, the class, uh, lecture, whatever you want to call it, at the end of it, we basically derived at this that he was an atheist. And man, he was so convincing with his, his presentation that if you were not steady and your faith was not strong and you were blown by every wind of doctrine and you weren't rooted and grounded, you would walk out of that place and thinking, well, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. And so, so you got to understand that I can send you to the Baptist church. And I can send you to the Church of Christ Church. And I can send you to the Pentecostal Church. And I can give you three men that can debate the Word of the Lord as, as good as anybody. But at some point, you've got to sit down for yourself. And you've got to open this book. And you've got to search out your own salvation. And rightly divide the Word of truth. You've got to. You've got to. The point of this book is to answer 
The all-important question of biblical salvation for a simple and uh, through a simple and chronological chronological perspective, and to go back and find the salvation message that existed before we started down this road that has led us to over thirty-four thousand different Christian denominations and numerous plans of salvation. In order to do this, we have to follow events that led us to the moment where the church had its beginning we're going to look at the scripture now i'm going to i'm going to, I'm not going to be very long to, tonight because i want to break up this and, and be able to minister each wednesday night for the next couple wednesday nights but this is what we're going to do the first part of this lesson uh, is we are going to take the new testament and we're going to break it up chronologically that's what we're going to do in just a moment we will discover what the members of the first church were taught and what message they obeyed before man with his theories and interpretations began to change the first and only true gospel message. At the very outset, let me be quite clear tonight. Just as important as what this book is about to also be and what this book is not about is the purpose of this book is not to judge or condemn anyone who may not agree with the conclusion. And that's what this series is for, is I am not up here to try to judge or condemn anybody's belief or tradition or what they think is right. I'm coming to you tonight trying to be extremely open with you and bring to you what I feel like what the word of the Lord and not necessarily what the word of the, what I feel like the word of the Lord is, but bring to you the word of God in its right, rightly dividing it chronologically. As a matter of fact, you can see that at the end of the day, I can work out of you, out your salvation, nor, no, I can't work out your salvation, nor can I or anyone else sit in judgment for you. At the end of the day, you're going to be standing before God. That and that alone will be reserved for just one. Notice what Jesus said in John 12 and 48. If you have your Bibles, mark that. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. What's going to judge us in the last day? That's all that matters. I was given a Bible study one time. And it was to this devout person... Uh, and I always tell people that I give Bible studies to, I'm not coming to you necessarily as a preacher. As a, I'm not coming here representing a denomination. I'm not coming here representing a certain church. I said, I'm coming here representing God and the gospel. I said, I want you to know that. And so I told that, that, that this person this. I don't want to say their name or, or what denomination they're from. But we got through this entire Bible study. Several weeks. And uh, we get to the end, Sister Regina. And uh, I basically lay it out. I say, this is what's going on. I said, and, and, and I, I just said, I said, do you believe the word of the Lord Ask us to do this? And she says, yes. And I said, do you believe the word of the Lord is clear when it asks us to do this? And she says, yes. I said, do you want to do this? And she says, well, I just don't feel like that the Lord is, and I stopped her and I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, what's going to judge us in the last day? And she said, the word I said, so my opinion and your opinion does not matter. It was set 
thousands of years ago. His word will not change. His, his word can't already established. The, the flower fadeth and the grass withereth, but his word has already been established in heaven forever. And so my ideology and my opinion does not matter when it comes to judgment day. And what she and I understand that I understand what she was feeling because I I would I could I could see where that would be tough. Her 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 dad or granddad was a a preacher in this and that that offered this plan of salvation. And she told me she was honest. She said, "Well, I've really never read the Word of the Lord." And and so uh, she said, "I just my my grandpa my my grand." I said, "God, he's in a, in the hand of a merciful job. God, I'm not the judge. You, I said, but what you got to be." worried about now is that the word of the Lord has been open to you and you got the Bible says where much is given much is required and he said to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him that is a sin and so I said you can't worry about grandpa he's in the hands of a merciful God and he'll be judged on what he knew I said but you got to worry about what you know because you just told me that you seen where the word of the Lord said this the word of the Lord said that and you rejected it exactly what Jesus was talking about in the book of John so we have got to understand I got to get the doctrine in you because I'm telling you we're walking into schools we're walking into colleges we're walking into into hospitals and and workplaces and all these different kinds of things where people of their belief know the word of God more than you know the word of God about your own belief and we've got to understand that it's not about whose belief but it's about what God said and I've got to get the word of God rooted and grounded in my spirit because if you're not careful there's a new wave coming through that say well you can probably make it like this and you can probably make it like this and I think they'll be okay because they were a good person and I think they'll be okay because they were a good good person it doesn't work like that and if it did if it did work like that it doesn't work like that for you why? because you've been revealed it's been revealed unto you you know and so when that book when the Lamb's book of life is open and when the and when the Bible is open his word is open he's going to look at you differently than he's going to look at all the other people because he's going to say Gary Porterfield you knew Justin Barnes you knew Corey Porterfield you knew you knew it will not be my words that will judge anyone. Anyone. It doesn't matter. Can I tell you something? It doesn't matter what I'm saying. It's not my words. God's not going to get up there on judgment day and he's going to say, Dylan, Dylan Barnes, you didn't listen to Corey Porterfield. He's not going to say that. He's not going to get up there and say, Jonathan Crocker, you didn't listen to Corey Porterfield. He's not going to say that. But the words of the Bible, the book that we call his word, what I hope you see during the next few services is not a religious interpretation. Not a religious theory. Not a family-based opinion. But rather a simple chronological study of a chain of events clearly recorded in the Word of God. A chain of events that lead us to an incredible moment in time that we should not be quick to, be, to dismiss or ignore. I want you to notice the responsibility. 
that the Bible places on each of us when it comes to our salvation. And I've already said it, but I'm going to give you the scripture for it. Philippians 2 and 12 says, to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Let me tell you something. People are working out their own salvation today, but they're not working it out with fear and trembling. They're not. They're not. They are saying, what's the least that I can do? And they are justifying everything that they do. I'm being, I'm just being real with you tonight. Everybody's trying to work out their salvation. We're not that far gone, but I'll tell you the way we're headed. We're going so far that there'll be a day when nobody even believes salvation anymore because there is no fear and there is no trembling. But it, when there's a generation that'll rise up and say, God, my soul is worth more. I'm not worried about what daddy said. I'm not worried about what granddaddy said. I'm not worried about what my friends say. I'm worried about my soul. My soul. 2 Peter 1 and 10 instructs us to make our calling an election. Sure, 2 Timothy 2 and 15 says to study, to show thyselves approved unto God. These are individual responsibilities the Word of God has placed upon each of us. We are instructed not to just accept what we have been taught or what sounds right, but to study. Don't go to a church. Don't go to this church and just accept everything that's been given over this pulpit. Read the Word of the Lord. Challenge me. Challenge me. Make, keep me on my toes. If I ever start preaching something that's not, that's false doctrine. No, though, we need some pillars in this church. We don't need just one person that's holding everybody accountable. We need some elders in this church that'll rise up and say, hey, I know you're pastor. I know you're associate pastor. I know you're a leader. But let me tell you, I know this book too. And I searched it with everything that was in me. And I'm telling you, this is what I see in the word of God. We need people who are pillars that'll defend this word. We don't need one hero that's walking around and say, hey, have you talked to our hero? Have you talked to our scholar? We don't need a bunch of churches and congregations here and there jumping around that rely on the person that just go to the pastor that knows the Bible the best and, and we're just going to sit under him and tell you, no, we need people in churches that knows the Bible just as well as the man of God that's preaching it. That way when you walk into your church or in your school and you walk into your job, you can deliver the message you can deliver it and have connections that I'll never have I'll never have there are many mysteries in the Bible but salvation is not one of them there's many mysteries but salvation is not one of them if you will study this book you will see a very simplistic approach to the Word of God that doesn't need theories, doesn't need interpretations to help it make sense. There's one, one particular story, one particular young man who uh, he had went to a service and he had called out some things that, that he felt like this particular message did not line up with this. And his mom said, well, this is the way I feel. And she gave a great analogy. And I don't, I'm, I'm not going to say give the whole story, but he responded with this. But that's not in the Word of God. You see, we can, we can bring a, a lot of culture 
and a lot of life lessons and we can take a lot of things that that we have experienced through time through life and through a family but at the end of the day it's the word of god it's the word of god that's going to judge us it's a plan that stands alone Second Timothy chapter 2 finishes up and it's 15 says, We must rightly divide the word of truth. When a person does not follow the Bible in order, it was in the order it was given and in proper context, it is easy to make the Bible say something it was never meant to say. You can just pull a, just a random scripture out of here and say, For instance, well, Jesus turned water into wine. So I guess I'll go get drunk this weekend. No! You, you don't get to do that. It also says drunkards are not going to inherit to the, the kingdom of God. The angel of the Lord also came to John as they were while he was going into the wilderness and he said, you're about to pave the path for the gospel. He said, you're going to pave the path for everyone. He said, so from this day forward... There will be no more strong drink for you because you're representing Jesus Christ. We can't just pull out Scripture and justify our sin. That's not going to work with, with God, can I tell you? Because I promise you, you're not, young people, God is not your mother. He's not that naive. He's not going to look at you like, oh my, you sweet child. Well, you just step on into the pearly gates. You don't get to step into the pearly gates if you've been living like a devil. That's just tough, isn't it? It's tough, but it's Word. It's Word. And you know why it's so easy for me to preach it? Because it's Word. It's not my opinion. It's not, it's not, my, it's not an agenda that I got. It's Word. And so when I've got the Word of the Lord back in me, you can come tell me whatever you want to, and I can look and say... I can redirect it to God. You can say, well, I don't feel like this, but 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 can I show you what the Word said? Well, I don't think God would do this. Well, I didn't say it. Can I show you what the Word said? And so we've got to learn how to rightly divide the Word of truth. To rightly divide His Word is to simply follow the events of the Bible exactly as they occurred. God did not give us some puzzle that we must figure out or some mystery that we must solve. Instead, He put all the pieces exactly where they are supposed to be. I am awful with instructions. I'm awful with them. It's a wonder that God called me to preach. Because I'm awful. You give me, you can ask my wife. You give me a, a bicycle. I, I, I ain't messing with that, that little sheet there that they give. That's a good fire starter, Brother Tommy Woolbanks. I'll just start from wherever, Kissy. I mean, that's why I don't get nothing done, Amelia said. I don't take the time to look at it. Some of us will go straight to step 10. And wonder why we got 10 bars left or 10 nuts or 10 screws or 10 bolts in our hand. You can't step to, to step 10 and expect to get everything right. You just can't do it. You just can't do it. I hate Christmas morning until our kids get a little older. And then I hate it even worse because we got to buy expensive gifts. But when they're little, you know, you can just buy a bunch of little stuff and spend about 30 bucks. And they're like, woo! 
But the gifts I hate is the one that Amelia gets because she's a kid herself and she don't buy anything that, that, that Remy would like. She looks at the gifts and she's like, whoa, that's cool, man. And she buys this gift that's got 474 pieces. And I hate Christmas Eve because I don't get into bed till 4 o'clock. Because I'm a little handicapped when it comes to reading instructions. And I get frustrated and I just start putting this thing. And so on Christmas morning I got kids crying because the castle's leaning sideways. That's what we do with the Word of the Lord. We start pulling from Romans and pulling from Jude and pulling from, from Thessalonians and we're pulling from all this stuff. When God set it up, He said, if you'll start in the New Testament and you'll go through the Gospels and you'll go through the book of Acts and you'll go through the epistles and you go through Revelation, you go through all of it. He said, I got a plan and I got a purpose. He said, don't start one place and backtrack. He said, I've got a plan for you. You got to start with a foundation. So I'm hurrying. This is what we're going to do. We're fixing to break down the New Testament. If you got your notes, write it down. This is how you break it down. The first part of the New Testament. We know it. The four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These first four books record of the life of Jesus Christ. And it includes his birth, his life, his death, his burial, and resurrection. In addition, the Gospels record many of the teachings and the powerful sermons spoke by Jesus during his three and a half years. So we got the Gospels. You staying with me? I ain't bored you to death, Emma. I want you to, this is the meat. This is the meat here. The other stuff was getting you prepared to get here. This is the meat. Four Gospels. Then you go to the book of Acts. You have Acts. The book of Acts picks up where the Gospel ends. I'm stopping after we break down the New Testament because I, 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 I've done learned. If you go too long, you, I lose you. I lose you. So I'm stopping. I want you to stay with me because I'm stopping in just a moment. Jeremy, get ready. Wherever, there you are. Get ready. It records the actions of the disciples after the ascension of Jesus. This is where theologians agree, all of them, they agree that the first Christian church had its beginning. It's the book of Acts. It's the first church. Thus, once we have read the gospel, would it not make perfect sense to read the Bible the exact way God gave it to us? Why would we read the Gospels and go to Revelations? You don't do that. Why would you read... I can't think of a book right now. Why would you read Twilight and read the letter? That's a terrible selection, wasn't it? Why would you... <laughs> Why would you read, I'm trying to think of a series, Harry Potter, they're all awful. I can't think of one good one. Why would you read the notebook and read the, the last part of the book and then read the rest of it? You don't do that. You don't do it. Would it not make sense to take our time and examine what occurred in the book where the church had its beginning? The church. If we are trying to filter through all the noise and religious theories and opinions, 
Why would we not give the Bible our full attention? Why would we not do that? Why do we run to our friend that's smarter than us? That's what we do. We find the smartest guy in the Bible that we know and we run to him. Why not go to the book? And don't Google. Because that's no different. Don't go- I'll tell you right now, Google has messed up everybody. It's messed up everybody. It has jacked everybody's theology up. It's jacked your body up because you think you're sick now and you got a, a, a terminal cancer that's killing you and a fatal, fatal disease. And really what it is, it's a pimple. It's a stinking pimple. Don't Google it. Get in the Word of God and read it how He set it up. And I promise you, if you'll read it, He'll start revealing things. If you'll search out your own salvation with fear and with trembling, God will start revealing things to you. He'll start showing things to you. I'll never forget when I first got in church, I couldn't, mom and dad were great, but if something got a hold of me, it changed my life. And I'd go to Walmart Distribution Center and I'd run as hard as I could. I'm tell you what, that's a hard job, ain't it, Ryan Russell? Thomas about to find out. It's a hard job. And while everybody else was getting their break, they were getting something to eat, some energy. They were doing all, some of them were doing drugs in the car. They were doing, getting, doing speed to be able to get through the day. I'd open that book. And I was reading that book. And it didn't matter if mom and daddy, it didn't matter what they believed. I said, God, I need a relationship with you. And you're going to have to speak it to me. You've already spoken to them. You've got to speak it to me. You've got to show it to me. If we are truly making certain we are rightly dividing his word, we are, we, we, would we not carefully read and study what is recorded in this book before going any further in the instructional manual? Don't skip it. Don't go to Romans yet. Don't do it. Book of Acts where the church began. You got the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You got the book of Acts. And then you've got the letters. Romans to Jude. The epistles. The epistles. I want you, if you're taking notes, I want you to write it down. The epistles. This is where Paul wrote. This is where Paul come into place where he began to give his two cents. The epistles are a collection of books from Romans to Jude containing letters written mostly by the apostle Paul to, listen to this, to establish churches. Pastors or individual saints. The recipients of each of these letters in the New Testament are Christians who have already obeyed the plan of salvation. Every one of them. Every single one of them. So why in the world would I go to the epistles for the plan of salvation? I'm, I don't want to lose you, but you've got to get this in your heart. When some, somebody starts bringing to you plan of salvation from anything other than the book of Acts, then it's out of context. It's out of chronological order because everything that was wrote, he was writing to churches. He was writing to pastors. He was writing to saints. It was not sinners. They were already saved. They've already been baptized in Jesus' name. They had already spoken in another language. They had already received him. 
These letters are instructions on how to grow in Christ. Wisdom for church government and guidelines for Christian behavior. These letters are placed after the book of Acts for a reason. They were never meant to supersede the salvation message that had already been clearly established in the book of Acts. The letters were not written to unbelievers thus to turn a letter turn a letter written to a saved individual or an established church and somehow interpret it as instructions on how to be saved is not logical. It's not logical. To do so, it takes the entire letters out of context and can in doing so affect the meaning of the words used and the overall intent of the letter. I want you to hear this. Nowhere in any of the letters is this question. What must I do? Show it to me. Show it to me. From Romans to Jude. Show it. After the book of Acts, Romans to Jude, show me one place where they ask, what must I do? They don't. They don't. Why? Because they weren't trying to work out salvation. That had already been established. This only occurs in the book of Acts. That question is only answered where it is asked in the book of Acts. Each of the letters from Romans to Jude were written to established Christians, not unbelievers. This does not mean that any of these letters are contradiction to what is recorded in the book of Acts. In fact, it is quite the opposite. These letters, when taken in proper context, confirm what is it recorded in the book of Acts. Because you'll see where Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. The confusion occurs when one turns to a letter written to an established church for the salvation message and ignores, dismisses, skips over, or explains away what has already occurred in the book of Acts for whatever reason. When this is done... We are not following the instruction manual in the order that it was given. I want us to stand tonight. I told you I was quitting. Come play softly, Brother Jeremy. There's a reason Paul writes to Timothy. And he says this. He says, We must rightly divide the word of truth. And then after that you have the book of Revelations. We know it's a book of prophecy at the end of time. No, this is different tonight. But I wouldn't be any kind of preacher. And this wouldn't be any kind of church if we did not equip you if you have any questions I want you to come to me tonight I won't be as forceful as I was preaching I know that can be intimidating sometimes I ain't going to mess with him man I just believe in the Bible and I want this church to be a strong church and we live in a day and I've been guilty of it too because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Believe it or not, I want everybody, but Danny, I wish everybody would like me. I want everybody to like me. And so I've been in, I've been in some situations where I just kind of 
You know, and you, you have to be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. But we're in church tonight. And I think it's important that we know how to break down the New Testament. I think it's important that we know the four Gospels. We understand where the book of Acts is. I think it's important that we know the epistles and what their, their, their proper purpose was. From Romans to Jew. I think it's important that we know that we're living in a day that there's 34,000 different ways. But really there's only one. I want to open these altars tonight. I know this necessarily wasn't an evangelistic conference message. I know it was more of a lesson. But I think it's important that we let the Word of God resonate with us. I think it's important that we let the doctrine and God's way touch us. These altars are open tonight. We're going to sing a song and we're going to pray. God, help us. Help us, Lord. God, get it in us. Get it in us, God. Lord, don't ever let us take the word. Don't ever let us add or take away, God. Don't ever let us, God, take out of context, God, for something, God, that you meant for something else, God. Don't ever let us take scripture, God, and justify, God, what we do or sin that we have, God, or justify us, God, an easy route, God, to heaven, Lord. Help us, oh God. Help us, oh God, every preacher in this place. God, let them have a conviction for this gospel, Lord. Let them have a conviction, God, for this Bible.